Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Welcome to another podcast from Wessex LMCs. My name is Louise Greenwood and I'm Director of Education and Training here at Wessex LMCs. And I'm really pleased to be joined by Dr Andy Perbrick, our Joint CEO and um, GP in Dorset. Hi, Andy. Hi there. And Ed Rendell, who is our newest medical director, who is a GP in our BSW patch. Hi, Ed. Hi, Louise. Um, So the plan of today's conversation is to really try and get our heads around the integrated care systems and to try and explain why this might be um, useful and important for GPs to listen to and engage in, but it seems a bit bit overwhelming and confusing. So um, I'm going to come to you first, Andy. So what exactly are integrated care systems? Good question, and I think probably a source of mystery for most um, jobbing GPs. Uh, And I think the key point to say is that they are an evolving entity uh, and there are many different interpretations of what an ICS is, maybe or will be across the country. I think the key thing to think about is that integrated care systems are there to try and bring the health and care sector closer together to work for the best interests of the patient uh, and perhaps think more outside of their own system or their own four walls uh, and the greater system rather than um, be beholden to their own needs uh, and budgetary constraints. So I think uh, especially looking at secondary care, there's a, a real focus um, to encourage secondary to care to look outside of their four walls and perhaps more at the population that they serve. Uh, and the truly integrated care system means that a challenge for one um, sector of the uh, health or social care system is a challenge for the whole system. So a problem for primary care becomes a problem for the whole of the the, the integrated care system and a problem shared. Uh, And that collaborative working in a true sense, if it does come to fruition, will hopefully drive inefficiency and collaboration at a time where we're faced with unprecedented workloads uh, and workforce challenges. Okay, so that sounds so that's a great plan. And it does sound like it could be really helpful. So before we come on to a little bit of more nitty gritty from you, Andy, I'm just going to ask you, Ed, why at the moment should GPs continue to listen to this? And why should you, why do GPs need to know this? And how imminent is it? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. It, it's um, just listening to Andy's explanation. I think that, that's the crux of it. It's a simple concept, but it's not simple in the implementation. So it's, uh, it's, got, it's open to local interpretation. There's slightly different ways things are evolving. Um, so I think in some respects, there's not a great need to, to carry on and you could just just say, well, actually, a lot of things are still functioning. So the CCGs are ceasing to exist, uh, but around 90% of the staff will move across. So, you know, you should still see your local primary care team continuing and have that sort of interface with the practice. But I think this is a big change. This is a big national change. And I think, therefore, it's it's helpful to get into these sorts of conversations here, these different uh, perspectives because I think it will evolve and change and I think it will have a massive impact on practices and individuals going forward the the main sort of concepts I think Andy alluded to is is this wider working as a partnership um, uh, between organizations within an integrated care system this concept of having the whole 
areas of system. There's 42 integrated care systems um, and you've got that wider system. And then you've also got slightly closer to populations. You've got place-based partnerships um, and then really close to populations are neighbourhoods. So you're, you're talking essentially about primary care networks and working together. So I think it, it's going to be increasingly looking at working more collaboratively. And I think this will become an increasingly um, an increasing area that people will need to know about. And I think we hopefully will have more of a focus on the population, the future, prevention, inequalities, collaboration. So there's there's a lot of potential here, as, as Andy says. Okay, thanks, Ed. So, Andy, can you just explain a little bit about how they're going to be set up? And I do realise that we are in early days now, but um, if you could just yeah explain it in a few sentences, that would be really helpful. Yeah, if I could, then I'd be a <laughs> genius, I think. But um, um, So, as, as Ed and I have alluded to, I don't think there's going to be one model that fits all, but the crux of it is that an ICS should be led um, by an NHS integrated care board. And that's the organisation that's going to have responsibility for NHS functions and budgets. Uh, and then alongside that, you're going to have an integrated care partnership. And that's the statutory committee bringing together all the system partners to produce a health and care strategy. So it's really the board that are going to be delivering the or, or have responsibility to, for delivering the sort of nitty-gritty NHS functions and, and budgetary outcomes. And is the GP representation on the board, Andy? Well, the word representation is the interesting word there, and I think that's what's taxing most of us at the moment, because actually the board, um, and it's very clear that the members of the board um, are really there to help the board um, deliver its functions. And they're not there in the purest sense of the form in a representative role. Um, they're there to bring the expertise of the field that they come from, but ultimately their responsibility lies with the board. I think just in terms of, just in terms of representation, it, it's difficult to say that there's a voice for um, sort of primary care to be put on the board and that that's our leader in primary care on the board to represent primary care on the board it's more this concept that the board should be adding perspectives to the board that, that has its function to to deliver for the population i think that's um where we i think some of our areas we've had um you know as the ccg is is going we've seen uh, at the moment we've got quite a few GP voices within the system, so to speak, there's been a drive to sort of have a, a way of connecting in with the integrated care system. Um, and I think that's where we've seen in, in the BSW patch I look a little bit more at and uh, Andy's patch in Dorset, there's been conversations about how GPs organise themselves in, you know, either collaboratives or alliances, lots of different terms used to sort of to, to have that interface and connection into either the wider system board or the place-based partnerships which i suppose that's the other point perhaps to just make as, as you as you go down perhaps some system to place-based partnership to p neighborhood or pcn more actually happens so i think that's the again perhaps the opportunity for primary care where we're sort of saying what can others do to support the pcn the neighborhood 
Um, where can you pull in that wider system? So what, what can your council do for you as a PCN to support and, and actually do some actions in your local area and support your po population? What can your com community provider do? What can your voluntary sector do in that area? And I think that's um, where it gets really interesting for me for integrated care systems. It's lovely having a a wider system where you get all the partners together and say we're going to work together at system level but for me the actual doing and the more interesting bit is in the place-based partnerships and particularly if we can really get some support for for pcns and neighborhoods to to actually integrate more fully and uh, and work uh, work for the population around the, the primary care so we as our lmc we sort of work with sort of four different systems as a as it is, and we as a, as a team have try, been trying to get our heads around all these different terms and all the, how the structures are working in all the different areas. And they generally are working quite differently. So what you think of as a neighbourhood in one area might be slightly different than another one, and the board might be forming a different little bit of a different role. So I guess one of the good things is the, the guidance from NHS England is open to interpretation, to local interpretation, to make it the best for them. But that does mean, and it can mean, that we can all get a little bit confused at some point. But the good thing is, Andy, you were saying earlier, that, you know, as Wessex LMCs, we're just trying to find the best place for us to sit, to have the most influence and to support our practice in the best way going forward, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the Integrated Care Board, you're going to have the, um, the chair, uh, executive members, and then... They describe partner members and a minimum of three of these, and at least one member drawn from NHS uh, Trust, Foundation Trust, uh, one member from primary care, and by primary care they mean general practice, and at least one member from the, from the local authority. So if we look at those partner members, um, they're there to be, bring a perspective from the organisation that they come from, but they, it's very clear that they're not there in a representative role. Um, in the purest sense of the form. But obviously, they will be bringing that primary care perspective. Uh, the number of general practice representatives on, the, on each board or proposed number looks to be varying depend, depending on where you are in the country. But the question is, will, will those GPs on the board have an opportunity to give any type of representation to general practice? And I think the feeling is that there will be an element of representation there, but more of the representation will come at place or neighbourhood level. And as, as described, provide a collaborative place-based partnerships. Yeah. So we are all confused with these names and no wonder we're tripping ourselves up because they change in all, all the areas that we're working in. So it is just a confusing and just a complex picture at the moment. So we're now we're recording this in May. So what sort of time scale are we looking at for these sort of really getting cracking? Do we have any idea, Ed? And do you have any idea around our patch, what, what the timescales are? Or is it just still not very clear? Again, variable. So, I mean, 28th of April was when we had the Royal Ascent um, of the Health and Care Bill. It's um, going to start on the 1st of July. But there's very variable sort of progress in terms of setting up boards, um, uh, I think, you know, I've heard of some boards that are sort of already completely full and some are struggling to fill, particularly these sort of representative roles from the uh, different sectors, voluntary sector, primary care. I think some of it depends on internal policy. You know, if the if the um, chief exec of the CCG became the chief exec of the integrated care system, they're sort of in place and everything gets running quite quickly. But uh, I think when there's new 
chairs or CEOs coming in, it takes a little bit of time to to get up and running. Um, so I think it, it's quite a, a, a variety, but I, I, it's all going to come in. I think you know you can feel it now. It's going to it's these discussions are coming through that the board will some of them are sort of starting to meeting shadow form. This isn't brand new. This has been a voluntary consideration for uh, large areas of the country already. I know, um, Andy, your area in Dorset, you've you've had this longer than I've been recently in, um, I'm based in Wiltshire. And I think we started going on place-based partnerships and doing it almost as a voluntary concept over the last two years and got relationships and got that building. But I think, uh, Andy, if I'm right, your integrated care system as a voluntary sort of concept started a, a fair way back in Dorset and they've already got some of the connections. Yeah, I think the principle came about five years ago when they, when they were looking at um, uh, the clinical services review in Dorset and, and more collaborative working then even. So um, the sort of foundations for a potential integrated care system were made back then. I think if we touch again on on GP representations, mm. representation in the purest sense of the word, Obviously, the LMC is the statutory representative body for general practice at a local uh, and national level. And we see a, a key role for us as an organization moving forward within the, in the integrated care system to represent all GPs and their practices. And that would include perhaps GP practices or, or, or GPs that aren't necessarily part of a, an alliance that's formed in an area or practices or GPs that have withdrawn from primary care networks uh, or where there are disputes between primary care networks or, or um, uh, GP alliances. We're there to represent all GPs. And I think that function uh, stays, but we're cognizant of the fact that we don't have the workforce or capability to attend every meeting within an, in a, an integrated care system. And we're going to need to work with and support our GP colleagues to be representative as well. So we see ourselves working alongside the primary care networks and any evolving GP alliances to ensure that the the, the primary care voice or the general practice voice is heard uh, and that we sing from a, a similar hymn sheet. I think from, I've been at the LMC now for about four weeks and uh, I can see a real role for the LMC here. There's, there's sort of um, the wider picture. So... I've come across some commissioning um, in the CCG in Wiltshire and you get quite a narrow view of the world because you're, you only see sort of to your borders and essentially you sometimes look outside of that, but being Wessex now with the LMC and we're representing practices in BSW, Hampshire, Dorset, and within Hampshire, there's the, the Frimley integrated care system, which we have practices as well. So we've got four integrated care systems where we're involved in discussions, trying to advise, trying to, um, you know, provide a voice for um, primary care, and that that's really helpful then to play into other conversations. So, uh, I've been listening um, to what's been going on in other areas, and we're on a southwest call of LMCs. Uh, I think it was last week, and being able to play that back into the uh, the BSW system um, to sort of understand what's going on in other areas and and show examples of how other areas are. Uh, planning to engage with primary care and where we sit within the ICS is open to debate and I think will evolve as we see ICSs evolve I think it's where we feel that we have most um, 
effect in terms of representing general practice. In some areas, there have been calls for the LMC to be a non-voting invitee to the Integrated Care Board. In other areas, it's seen that most of the influence and representation will occur uh, at place-based partnerships. So I think for us, it's really looking at, at each of the integrated care systems uh, across Wessex and seeing where we can most effectively represent general practice. Uh, and that may change with time as the ICSs evolve. That's really helpful, um, Andy. It's reassuring, hopefully, to people listening that actually we are involved in all the conversations. But if you see us sitting in meetings at a different level in different ICSs, that doesn't mean we're at the wrong level. It just means each of the ICSs are sort of behaving and wanting to be, um, wanting their structure is going to be different. Um, and that equally, they yeah they might well evolve. Um, and we might see that we want to be in a, a couple of different um, places in some of them and actually in other places it's, it's seen less often. So I think if people want to find out a little bit more, because we are saying this is a little bit quite of an overwhelming subject, there is a seven-page document that is actually quite straightforward that we'll put as a link on our website that if more people wanted to find out more about it. And we will do more of these sort of conversations as we find out more. Um, and they might not be so generic there might be specifically for one area if we feel that's going in the election that Tim you might want to might want to go into um ed yeah no it's a really helpful discussion i, I think the, the last bit we just touched on there is is the um the confusion of all this why it's not simple and why actually that might be helpful so i think you know it, i think that's the thing to hold on to all this confusion with different names different history geography um pedigree and um how long people can work together it, it, all these integrated care systems are going to be slightly different. It's, it's like a framework um, and it's almost like a way of working where you have to, um, I think for all of us, have to think about how you integrate it or interact with system and place and neighbourhood. There isn't a simple way of saying, ah, oh, I'm a, I'm a place-based person. That's me. That's all I'll do. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's not as simple as that, but I think it, that, that is a big benefit as well because I think then you'll see hopefully integrated care systems sort of organically grow and learn from neighbouring systems and actually come up with a, a way of working that suits their area rather than a prescription from up on top nationally sort of saying, well, you must have this number of place-based partnerships, you must have these people on these boards. So it's um, really confusing at this point in time, but things will settle. And I think then uh, it hopefully will be of, of benefit that we're in this slight confusion at this point in time. And we might look back in, you know, maybe a few months, maybe a few years time and say, gosh, it was all a model then, wasn't it? But look, it's great. And as patients, we're, you know, really experiencing the benefit and as part of um, LMC's supporting general practice, we can see what benefit it's been. Um, Andy, do you want to say a few last minute um, thoughts. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be totally crystal clear by the 1st of July 2022 when everything comes to fruition. There's a pig flying over there. I'm not sure actually it's going to work. But thank you so much, Andy. Thank you so much, Ed. It's been a great conversation. As I say, I'm sure we'll have more conversations like this. And um, there's more information on our website if you'd like to have a look. So thank you both, Ed and Andy, and we'll be back in touch soon. Thanks very much. Goodbye. Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice.